0: chapter 22 and verse number 12 if you'd like to turn there in your bibles acts 22 and verse number 12 we'll read verses 12 through 16 and end with a great great phrase acts chapter 22 verse number 12 praise god And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and should hear the voice of his mouth for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Verse 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name. Everyone say the name. <laughs> calling on the name of the Lord. Praise God. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning, on this Sunday morning, the majesty of the name, The the majesty of the name. I'm thankful that I know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there is a majesty associated with the name that is above every name. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for everyone that is gathered together in the house of God today. We thank you for your presence and the moving of your hand and ability and your touch, and we pray that you would touch and bless everyone that has gathered together to worship today and to give to you praise. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. It's good to have everybody in the house of God today and uh, hopefully be able to greet you before the day is over. Some are traveling out of town, and then some are here in town And so we welcome you. There is a significance in a name. We cannot fully comprehend God, but He has chosen several methods to reveal Himself to us. And one way is by looking at the different names and titles by which He identified Himself in the scripture. Bible names were very significant, they had meaning. Nowadays, names are more associated with maybe uh, something that is trendy or that sounds interesting as you go through trying to find names and baby names, something that has some kind of a connection. But in Bible times, your name was directly associated to situations or circumstances in your life. Abram was a high father and his name was chained to Abraham, the father of a multitude Jacob, his name was supplanter, a heel catcher, a manipulator. But his name was changed to Israel, which means he will rule as God. Simon, his name meant hearing, and his name was changed to Peter, which means a rock. And so in the scripture, your name had value. It had a definition. It had a connection to something. Many times in the scripture, names were changed to show that there was a, a different approach or an altering to who you were. Anybody thankful that God changed who you were? You may still have the same name, amen, but when you were baptized in a name that's above every name, there's a difference associated to your life because God richly does things in your life. He washes your sins away. He renews you. He cleanses you completely. Amen. So you may still be the same individual, but God has radically done a transforming work in your heart and life. And you can stand and say, All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new because I am a new creature in Jesus Christ. Praise God. To the ancients, the name is a part of the person, an extension of the personality of the individual. And there, so there was much significance connected to that. And God used his name as a progressive self-revelation from the very beginning. In Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3, I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And so there's going to be a progression even by God himself. I was known as God Almighty, but I'm going to reveal myself in a progressive form to show how powerful and great I am. Let me just interject here. You will never plumb the depths of how great God is. Paul said in one place, he said, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You will never get to the bottom of how great God is. Praise God. I don't care how long you've been living for God. God will always reveal himself and show up in a different way, in a different season that you never saw before. That's the kind of God that we serve. Praise God. You don't serve a limited, shallow God, but you serve a God that has great depth and power and ability Amen, and I feel him in this place today. Why don't you clap your hands and thank the Lord together. God is in the house, and he's great and greatly to be praised. Abraham did use the name Jehovah. In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. This was on Mount Moriah as God provides himself a lamb and instead of isaac being the sacrifice god provides a lamb and abraham said he called the place jehovah jireh which means the lord that brings provisions (laughs) abraham said i'm going to define this place because i didn't know where the sacrifice was coming from God asked me to sacrifice Isaac in obedience. I obeyed. I was going to follow through with it, but God provided a sacrifice for Himself. What God wanted to know is Abraham, will you obey me and will you trust me? And Abraham said, I'm going to obey you and I am going to trust you. And in that moment and in that place, the Lord provided a sacrifice and Abraham said, I knew him in other ways but on this moment on this mountain and in this occasion I know him as Jehovah Jireh the God that brings provisions have you ever had your back against the wall wondering where things were going to come from take place maybe you didn't have the finances maybe there was difficulty in your life and you didn't know where to turn but God made a way where there seemed to be no way and God God showed up and said, I'll be the provider to you. I'll provide to you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'll provide to you peace that passes understanding. Abraham said he is Jehovah Jireh, the God that brings provision. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's name represents a lot of things when we say his name. In the Old Testament, when you mentioned his name, and we'll look because they were so respectful of the name that they wouldn't even repeat it or say it, but his name represented more than just the words that make up the name. They describe the action associated to the name. This is, this is what is so profound about Moses when he's standing at a burning bush. And the Lord appears and Moses says, okay, when I go back to Egypt and I tell Pharaoh to let my people go, who do I say sent me? Moses was looking for a name and God said, I'm not going to give you a name, but you go back and tell them this. You tell him that the I am, that I am, is the one that sent me. What does that mean? There's no name there. That's not a proper name. It means God's going to be with you, and there's going to be an association with God's character and ability. You may not have a name, but you got an action and a power and a source of anointing to go with you. Praise God. And so when Moses stepped into Pharaoh's throne room and said the I am sent me Pharaoh said I don't know who you're talking about but when the plague started dropping Pharaoh recognized wait a minute I may not know the name of this guy that just stepped into my palace but there is something powerful and there is something anointing that is greater than all the magicians that I've got under my staff and under my care this is one that brings anointing and strength and power and it destroys his character. I want you to know there is more than just a name that is associated with God's goodness, but his character is also associated with who he is. And so his name means his presence will be there. Solomon said in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built? And so God's name was associated with his presence. It's going to dwell in this temple. His name is associated with his character. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 43: that all people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, and they may know that this house which I have built is called by. My name, his character is associated. Praise God. We name buildings. This building is named after a person. It's named after Libby McAllister. And so when we say the Libby Center, we're talking about an activity center or as a church, but it's associated with the character of somebody. Praise God. And Solomon, when he builds the house of the Lord, he says your name characterizes This place and your presence is going to be here. His name means authority. The angel of the Lord that Jacob is wrestling with in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 21. Beware of him and obey his voice and provoke him not for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. My name is in my authority is in him. There was much importance Associated and attached to a name and the character of the individual behind the name means as much as the name. There are some people that you meet and when you first hear the name, you're not associated with their character. You don't really know who they are, but the more you get to know them, the more their name becomes associated with that proper name and the activity of their life. And it has more of an understanding. It has more of a substance. It has more of a depth. And in the scripture, God's character was associated with his name. There was great importance placed on the name. They were not to take the name of the Lord in vain. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. There are warnings in the scripture about not forgetting his name. Psalm 44 and verse 20. If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out for he knoweth the secrets of the heart. They were told and warned not to forget his name. God gives blessings to those that remember his name. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16 Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. These were warnings. These were blessings. These were uh, scriptures of importance, commands that were connected to the name of the Lord in the Old Testament. And so there were some distinct titles in the Old Testament that identified the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord in the Old Testament was viewed as Yahweh or Jehovah. It was a redemptive name that God would redeem them from their situations, redeem them from the hand of the enemy, redeem them from bondage and slavery. There was a redemptive notion attached to the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8 he writes I am the Lord that is my name and my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to graven images this name that is described as the Lord is Jehovah and it is a what is called a tetragrammaton it is just four letters And they are described in the Old Testament as Yahweh or as Jehovah. Yahweh means he is when it's used by God. And when God says it, the concept that is associated with that is I am that I am. It appears in a short form one time in Psalm 68 verse 4. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that writeth upon the heavens, by his name Yah, capital J, A, H, and rejoice before him. Jehovah only appears four times alone, three with compound names, and all other places in the Old Testament is transliterated as God or Lord. <clears throat> the reason for this was it was an ancient custom because the Jews did not want to take the name of the Lord in vain. And by repeating it, you made it commonplace. And so one, no one really knew what the original pronunciation of YHWH or the Tetragrammaton was. We pronounce it, and it is transliterated as Jehovah or Yahweh. They were very, very respectful of the name of the Lord. And so they wouldn't repeat it or say it. It was more associated with the action of God. Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh. In Exodus chapter number 15 and verse number 26 It was repeated, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He was Jehovah Rapha. Not only was he a provider, but he was also a healer. Praise God. He is the Lord that heals. Exodus chapter 17, he is Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord our banner. He provides, he heals, and he goes before us. Not only was he those names, he was Jehovah Imkadesh, which means the Lord that sanctifies. He's going to take us and he's going to set us apart. It's connected to and associated with his actions. Anybody been associated with the Lord that provides for you? Praise God. Anybody been associated with the Lord that can heal you? It's the action of what God does. Anybody been associated with the Lord that goes before you? Sometimes you enter into situations and you don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be, but what you can pray is, God, I want you to go before me. Amen. I'll praise you and worship you, but I want you to go before me and clear the way. I'm going to trust in you. Anybody been associated with the Lord that sets you apart and sanctifies you, praise God. He pulls you out of where you are. He pulls you out of what you were, and he says, I'm going to set you apart for the kingdom and glory of God. Thank God for a testimony for the Lord that sanctifies praise God and sets apart. Not only were, was he those things, but he was Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord our peace. Not only was he that, he was Jehovah Sabaoth. He was the Lord of hosts. Not only was he that, he was Jehovah Elion, which means the Lord Most High. Not only was he that, he was Jehovah Ra'ah, which means he is the Lord, my shepherd. Not only was he that, he was Jehovah Hosinu, which is the Lord, our maker. Not only was he that, he was Jehovah Sidkenu. He is the Lord, my righteousness. And not only was he that, he is Jehovah Shama, which means the Lord is is present. What was God doing in the Old Testament? He was dropping hints about who he was and his character and what he could be to the people of God. And he revealed himself all the way through the Old Testament. I'm going to be a God that is going to be present in the middle of everything that you are doing. You may not speak my name out of reference, but you'll know who I am because of the action that I have towards you. Ladies, and gentlemen, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything that was described here is the same God. He's the God that made you. He's the God that saved you. He's the God that is powerful enough to pull you out of where you are. He's the most high. He's the Lord that is present. He's distant somewhere but he is in the midst of his people that praise him how about we praise him for a few moments this morning (laughs) hallelujah he's the Lord that is present clap your hands unto the Lord and love him together God I thank you because of your action Praise God, you're not a God that's an absentee landlord. You're not a God that created and then backed off, but you're transcendent and you're imminent. You're in the middle of everything we go through. You're a God that is faithful to us. Praise God, and we thank you and we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, <laughs> praise God two theological terms that are used late during the 19th century, during the age of reason and higher criticism and rationality. And the mind has all the answers and reason is able to fix everything. They started looking at the scripture and they started deconstructing it. The road of deconstruction is the road to most postmodernism, which is the road to nothing matters. Just have a good life. Be the best that you can be and deconstruct everything. Tear everything down. I'm not tearing everything down. I want to build everything up. So they started deconstructing the scripture. They, they started doing some higher quest, they call it, the higher quest uh, to find who the real Jesus is in scripture. And dismantled all the scripture and made Jesus a character that only spoke a few sentences. This is not the kind of character that we just described in the Old Testament. Something wrong with that. And that whole pattern and that whole notion in theological terms is you had a God that was transcendent and a God that was imminent. Transcendent means he's above all things. He is the Lord most high. He's the Lord, the maker. And so they disconnected the God that was transcendent, the God that creates. These were most of our founding forefathers, by the way. Thomas Jefferson was one of the greatest advocates of this and Ben Franklin. A lot of them believed in God. They believed in a transcendent God, but they severed the connection between the transcendent God and the imminent God and they said the transcendent God is the God that does create all things that we find in the scripture but they severed the imminent part because they said he just becomes an absentee landlord he's there, he created it it's connected to him but then he lets us with our human faculty and mind and reason he, he lets us deal with all the particulars and the minutia to figure out everything else so he's there but he's way out there somewhere and they disconnected the imminent. I I can't agree with that, okay, because the scripture said the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's a transcendent God that becomes an imminent God and walks among us. When you sever the transcendent from the imminent, you got a God that's just out there somewhere that doesn't care anything about you. That's not the God that I serve that manifested himself in flesh because the scripture said he was in all points tempted like as we are. You may be here in the house of God today dealing with addiction. But God's not some transcendent God way out there that can't help you. He is a God that will come down into the experience of your life and say you can be an overcomer. You can be powerful. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy but listen to the voice of the almighty God. Do I have a witness in this place here today? Somebody that could testify and say I know what you're talking about because I was there. But God, who is great, also became into the realm of who I am. And I can relate to that God. Praise God. I'll tell you this right now. I'll I'll, I'll tell you right now. If that is the case and you sever the cord between the transcendent to the imminent, I'm not coming to church. If that is truth, I won't be here tonight. Because I'm not going to come here in tradition and worship and serve a God that has no connection at all with me. That's not the God I serve. But I'll be here tonight. I guarantee you I'll be here tonight because he's walked with me through every valley. We've crossed mountaintops. We've been through deserts and drought and storms and all kinds of upheaval. And God has been a God that is faithful. Praise God. Brother Kaufman, you've served God for a lot of years. Has he been faithful? He's been faithful. The Lord is present. And so he he reveals his character little by little. Many, they wanted to know his name. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 29, Jacob, when he's wrestling, he said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, this angel that he's wrestling with, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. He never told him his name, but he blessed him. (laughs) And there was a revelation of his name in the blessing, but that's the action. That's not the that's not the proper name. Judges chapter 13, verse 17, Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? And when thy sayings come to pass, we may do the honor. There was this fascination with what's your name? And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? This is connected to the secrecy of the name. And it appears that God, what God is trying to do, he's trying to position Israel and in that old covenant, into the new covenant and understanding that if all you've got is a name and it's not connected or associated to the character of God, then you don't have a full understanding of who he is. See, that's one of the reasons why when I hear people use the name of the Lord in vain, it injures me spiritually, right? And the reason why is because they're just saying it because it's a name. They don't even know why they're saying it. They may be saying it because that's all they heard in their home. That's maybe a curse word or a swear word, and so they grew up with that. They don't even know why they're saying it. They're saying it because somebody else is saying it because it's a name. but and it's not attached to anything but the proper name. And in the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, God is revealing, okay, it's not just a name. But do you see all these other things that is at play here? There is a depth. There is a connection Beyond just the name, there's a character that is connected, and so this prophetic desire and these all the way back, even to Jacob, was in, in in prophetic form. Was we 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 see your character and your ability and the development of who you are, but what is your name? And and there is no answer that is given, and until Isaiah even desires this. And he says in Isaiah chapter 9, and verse 6, and his prophecy is very clear, this prophetic desire. He said in chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Zechariah chapter 14, verse number nine. Zechariah said, the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. So all these compound names that describe the character and the action of God. Zechariah said, there is coming a day in which there's going to be one Lord And his name is going to be one. That the totality of everything that God is, is going to be connected to one name. And then the old covenant passes and we move into the new covenant. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 21, the scripture is revealed to us. And the angel of the Lord says this, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus For he shall save his people from their sins. This is Jehovah has become our salvation. His name will be called Jesus. Jesus is the culmination of all the Old Testament compound names. When you say Jesus you get all of those because that is the name that is above every name. The New Testament church identified by that name. They preached that name. They healed in that name. They baptized in that name. They were persecuted for that name. But there was something burning on the inside side of that early church that said we recognize and understand the totality of who God is in his character and in his nature and the name is Jesus name Peter said neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved everything is wrapped up in the name The fullness of the Godhead is wrapped up in the name. The shalom, the peace of God is found in the name. The healing of God is found in the name. The Lord of hosts is found in the name. It's all in the name of Jesus. Praise God, people were healed by that name. Praise God, when you say in Jesus' name, there is a power that is inseparable from his name. It's the proper name, but the character connected to it it's the transcendent name and the immanent name all combined in one and ladies and gentlemen that's why you are baptized in jesus name because there is no greater name there is no name that saves other than the name of jesus praise god praise god You can call us people of the name if you want. That's perfectly fine because we are people of the name. So I don't understand you, apostolics. Why do you make such a big deal about a baptismal formula? Because it's the only baptismal formula that is found in the scripture, even in history. Old encyclopedias will say the early church baptized in the name of Jesus. It was in the second, third, and fourth century that they. They change the baptismal formula. The reason why we are so adamant about it is because no man should change the baptismal formula. The name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. And they baptized in Jesus' name in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. They baptized in that name. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. When you are baptized, you need to be baptized in jesus name if i was baptized in the title i would be re-baptized because the name is not associated to my life praise god you say well brother bradford you just get a little too excited here this morning. Well, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9, Paul got really excited when he was writing and he wrote this way. He said wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Paul said there's only one name. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. The supremacy of the name is Jesus. The power in the name is Jesus. The authority in the name is Jesus. The sovereignty of the name is Jesus. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 17, as we stand together this morning, whatsoever you do in word or deed, whatever you're doing in word, whatever you're doing in deed, which kind of captures everything that we said. God revealed himself in the Old Testament based on his deed, his action. And in the New Testament, we understand that. And then Paul said, whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you speak and whatever you do, it's all wrapped up in the name of Jesus, he said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all. Everyone say all. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We've got to have faith in the name. This is not a magical formula. I was in L.A. Actually, I think I was in L.A. Brother and sister Hopper, Ryan Hopper. We just moved here 1992. Ryan was in the hospital. And so we went down there. I didn't know them. It's my first connection with them at all. And we were down there in the hospital. Never forget it. There was a, a drive by shooting. They pulled up and they dropped this poor kid off at the hospital and just left him there at the ER. The rest of the family came in and they were all gathered together there and, and they were trying to figure out what to do. They didn't know what to do. They were worried, concerned, some were crying, some were mad, some were angry. They tried to storm into the ER. They wouldn't let them in the ER. Finally, somebody ran out and grabbed the Gideon Bible, and they brought the Gideon Bible, and they, they, they got in a circle, and they said, well, well, let's read the Bible. You could tell they had no connection to the Bible. They were just trying to find some kind of verse connected to something that would bring peace. There was no connection to the Scripture, and so they were doing something that there was not a connection with speaking the name is not a magical formula opening the Bible and reading a verse is not a magical formula there has to be a relationship and a faith in the name praise God I'm not just saying in Jesus name if I'm not living a lifestyle and have faith in the name to help me and direct me and guide me but when I say in the name of Jesus there is a faith that is associated with the character of who God is I'm not flippantly just speaking out a name I'm I'm talking about the character of God when I say in Jesus name I believe that God is able to heal when I say in Jesus name I believe that God can go before. Praise God. <laughs> Luke chapter 7 and verse 19, last verses this morning. John called unto two of his disciples and sent them to Jesus. John's in prison saying, are you the one that should come or should we look for another? When the men were coming to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, art thou he that should come or look we for another? And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits. And unto many that were blind, he gave sight. And Jesus answering said unto them, go your way, And tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. Jesus said, go back and tell John's disciples. I am the I am. You don't have to look for another I'm Jesus in which the character of God in totality is absorbed and confined. Praise God. There's power in the name. Praise God. Jehovah Jireh, the God that brings provisions, is in the house today. Amen. And as they begin to sing this morning, I would offer to you an opportunity to step out from where you are and lift your hands and walk to this front and say God I know it's not just a name but it's also a character that's associated with the name and you're a God that is transcendent and you're a God that is imminent I can see you as my maker I can see you as creator praise God but I can also by mentioning your name bring you into the imminency of my life praise God I would challenge you to speak the name this morning in faith. Not just a name that's a magical formula or a name, but in faith. What
1: a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name.
0: praise you I'm going to speak your name this morning in faith you see where I am you see my situation you see my circumstances